Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Habs World Podcast. With me I have my usual co-host, Norm Sirik. How you doing, Norm? Good, Mike. And Jonathan Rabello. The tank rolls on. It sure does. Uh, so we have a few topics to discuss here. We have, uh, I guess we'll start with the some of the Habs results since our last, our last episode. Uh, we'll get into some Patrick Waugh rumors again. Uh, maybe uh, talk about Murakov's return and his play with P.K. Subban. And then uh, the topic that seems to be on everyone's mind, the tank job and what that means for the season. So I guess uh, maybe we'll just start off with uh, your thoughts on how the Habs have been playing the last uh, couple weeks or so. Uh, it seems like a little bit of more of the same, a good game, followed by a bad game, followed by a good game, you know. Uh, what do you think, Norm? Yeah, it's been a real mixed bag of nuts, all right. Uh, the last few weeks, it's just been uh, <laughs> just continuing the misery, I guess. It's really been kind of tough to, to keep uh, enthusiasm up while watching these games, to be honest, because, uh, well, as we've been saying now for a few months, it, it looked pretty bad that the Habs weren't going to be making the playoffs, and now it's all uh, it's all official. But uh, they've been making a few little adjustments here and there. There have been some signs that... Uh, at least they're trying to get a few of the kids a little bit more ice time or some changes in the uh, in the responsibilities, like uh, putting Lars Eller on the wing for a while uh, while putting him up on one of the top two lines has been kind of interesting. Uh, we saw Louis LeBlanc play tonight uh, up on the top uh, wing with the uh, Placanics, and uh, he seemed to fare pretty well. He got a nice goal and all that. So, you know, there's some positives, but it's been mostly a season of, of negatives, as we all know. It's been uh, just a tough one to bear this year. <laughs> Yeah, the, the two positive things I'll bring up, obviously, that happened in the last uh, since the last po- podcast is our two thirty goal scorers, and that's a pretty nice thing to see, especially that flurry by Eric Cole the first uh, five or six minutes of that Ottawa Senators game. You know, I I, can, I can't remember in my lifetime seeing a Habs player score a hat trick that quick into a game. I know, I know that. I think you, I think I looked up the record or something. Jean Beliveau or Henri Richard or something scored like a hat trick a minute and twenty one seconds into a game. Like I don't even know how that's possible. Like, what do you score it off the face off twice? But that was pretty yeah. impressive to see what Eric Cole did. Like, uh, and then Max Pacioretty too. That guy scoring thirty goals after what happened to him last year. When when he suffered that injury, I really questioned whether he'd ever play again, let alone play at a, at a level that he's playing at this year. So those are some bright spots for sure in terms of their play over the last little while. But I'm not cheering for wins at this point. I'm cheering for some good play from some young players and some horrible play from some veterans that won't be back. And the loss in regulation. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you that Ottawa game, I guess it was last Friday, was it's kind of a microcosm of the second half of the season for me because I, I turned it on and I seen you know obviously Eric Cole gets the hat trick in the first five and a half minutes or so and then we scored a fourth and and I just like oh wow they're winning so maybe I'll watch this game I've actually watched the whole game through but now it just seems like I'll turn it on if they start losing uh, just turn the channel just another loss so it's been uh, it's getting kind of up and down it seems like I guess they've done that all year. They, they'll play one game like they did against Ottawa where you think, oh, geez, they're coming together, and then they just followed up with another stinker. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been that kind of season, I guess. Uh, maybe we should get into some of the rumors that were, were going around. I guess the, uh, the latest round of Patrick Waugh rumors come out. There was a couple articles written about uh, – 
maybe a done deal with Patrick Watt coming in next season, being the new GM and coach, or just GM? And uh, what what did you hear about uh, about these latest round of rumors, Jonathan? Um, from what I understood is that uh, Jeff Molson and Patrick Waugh have come to an agreement and Patrick Waugh has signed a letter of intent with the Canadians for next season. But to me, that doesn't really make any sense. Um, if One, if he's hired to be the GM, why would Pierre Gauthier still be there? And two, if he is hired to be the coach, it'd be pretty strange um, that uh, Pierre Maguire – or sorry, I don't know why I said Pierre Maguire or why um, – uh, why Goche wouldn't have been a part of hiring him as a coach? Obviously, obviously would be pretty strange. So, uh, I, I really don't know what to say, whether it's true or not. To me, it just sounds like uh, Montreal media trying to get uh, their guy that they want hired, and whether they'd be pressuring Molson through the media or uh, through the fans, uh, who knows? So, I really don't know what to believe. What do you think, Norm? Yeah, I, I agree with uh, with Jonathan. I don't think it's it's has any sort of uh weight to this uh this this rumor but it's it's an interesting one to toy with nonetheless um i just have a feeling that there wouldn't be any kind of move like that uh to make him well for, for starters to make him both gm and coach i mean that that's unheard of in in modern nhl days yeah you, you gotta have that separation of duties now for between uh the guy uh that your head coach who's directly dealing with the players on a day-to-day basis and your general manager who who holds their uh, their fate, as it were, uh, with with regards to you know possible moving to another team or or elsewhere? So I, I just I don't think there's anything to that. However, he he does still represent uh, a decent coaching prospect, in my opinion. I I mean he's had some pretty decent success in the junior level. Um, I think I, I've read some information before, some articles about how he's uh, he's. He he knows the game pretty well, and he's he uh, understands strategy pretty well. Um, he's he is known as a bit of a hothead, and the suspensions he's had in the in the, the Quebec League are definitely uh, uh, attests to that. But so there are some detractors who say he wouldn't carry that forward uh, that style forward too well if he were to make it to the pros. But it's tough to say. There's also been some rumors lately that. Um, about the, uh, the possibility of a, a new franchise heading to Quebec. And I don't know if you guys have heard anything about that lately. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of the point I was going to make is, is yeah, with Patrick Waugh coming in, I got, honestly, I don't know how I would feel about him being either GM or coach, especially coach because, you know, he'd be the face of the franchise. He'd be dealing with the media every day. And, and like you say, it would be it'd be interesting if, if, if nothing else. I mean, the guy knows how to give a quote and he's uh he's definitely passionate behind the bench and uh i just don't know if it would be it would work out long term you know how he would last having to deal with the same questions over and over again the media kind of it just seems like he would snap and there'd be a bunch of uh pr nightmares over and over again but <laughs> but uh as long yeah. as he led them to a cup uh if he snapped and lost it in three years i wouldn't care like if he was the coach imagine if he was the coach for two years won a cup went nuts in the third year left who cares like i'd love it yeah but the cup yeah. is a long ways in the distance it seems so but yeah with the <laughs> quebec rumors i mean there was a lot of talk kind of in the papers about him being from quebec you know i know he's played with montreal and he's kind of uh associated with the halves of course but you know he's kind of from quebec and he's uh got the ramparts up there and and with the big announcement this week that they were going to build a new rink for 2015 and they got government funding and everything that the 
I mean, it kind of looks like they're setting everything up to uh, either get the Coyotes or an expansion franchise or something. So he's, he seems like he'd be perfect for, for that situation if it ever comes up. So I, I doubt he would put his lot in with Montreal, especially if you look at the situation they're in now. I mean, I don't know if I would see him if I'd want to take us. Yeah, for sure. And we have heard Patrick say, though, that if he if he was offered the Montreal job, that he would take it. And because of that Quebec rumor thing, that is the only thing that makes me kind of think that if Montreal was maybe to you know do this behind-the-scenes letter of intent backroom deal with Patrick Wall, that that would be the only reason why is because Molson knows something that everyone else doesn't or everyone else is assuming, and that Quebec maybe will have the Phoenix Coyotes to start the season for 2012, which is possible. Like I didn't think that Winnipeg Jets deal would happen so fast. And, you know, it seemed like two weeks went by where they had, they were not going to get a team and then they were maybe going to be getting, you know, I, I forget who it was. It was, yeah, it was, sorry. They were maybe going to be getting Phoenix and then all of a sudden they got Atlanta. So yeah. stuff like that can come together. It looks like rather quickly in the NHL, they keep a lot of stuff hush hush. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a lot of rumors with the Winnipeg deal at the, the true north that they had everything set up and they were kind of just waiting and and uh what's his face there the the guy with all the money Paul uh, Silly? no 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 the guy who oh. owns the jets there now anyway oh, uh. he uh he he had you know talked behind the scenes and saying you know i'm ready but he didn't talk to the press you know like Paul Silly did he just kind of waited and he did everything to be ready for the situation when it happened and there's there is no one else ready for that i mean quebec's years away so uh, Patrick Wall would have to wait a couple of years at least before he gets a gets anything on that Quebec side of things. Yeah, but it's 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 interesting that the the backing company seems to be the uh, the Quebec Core company, which is huge. I, I didn't realize it was, it was as uh, uh, revenue heavy as I as uh, as it is until I was reading something recently. So they certainly have the clout to be able to pull it off financially, and, and of course, NHL would love to have a, a new owner come on that's uh, that has the money to, to keep things going, uh, going and going well. So you know, it's 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 an interesting situation, but we'll we'll see. I don't think things are going to happen with uh, with Quebec in uh, in this off season, but it's probably going to happen with the next few years. I think so too. Norm, do you remember with the Quebec Corps though? Remember they were involved in potentially purchasing the Habs back yes. when Gillette was selling back uh, to the Molsons. Quebec Corps, right. I believe, was the number two bidder to buy the Habs. Well, they were the number one yep. bidder, and then I think Molson upped his bid just kind of towards the end there. So I don't know if he was a sentimental favorite that uh, Gillette gave it to him, but uh, it was close. They were neck and neck there, I think. Yeah, I heard that's how it went down too. And let's face it, I, I mean, uh, I'm all for getting another franchise in Quebec. I mean, I, I love the old Nordiques Canadians uh, rivalries back from the uh, '80s and into the '90s. Uh, they were there was some awesome hockey that was uh, that was to be watched back then, <laughs> big time. And get rid of all that French media, or at least a large portion of it. They can all go worship their Nordiques and have their French coach and French general manager and all French team full of Matthew Darches and Benoit Pouliot. So they'll be amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, it would satisfy a lot of the a lot of the guys I work with up here because uh, there's a lot of uh, Colorado Avalanche fans going around here that refuse to uh, cheer for the Habs. That's uh, <laughs> you know, the true Francophones kind of thing. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe we should talk about a, a, a positive uh, story. It was the return of Andre Markov in the last uh, last couple weeks? Uh, after about you know, almost two years away, pretty much, 
easy to come back uh, slowly. Took a lot longer than expected, but you know he seems to be building up, building up his strength and playing more and more minutes. So, uh, what are your thoughts on how he's played so far, and maybe his partnership with uh, PK Subban on the blue line there? Well, he's playing with PK on the on the power play, and it's definitely nice to see him feed PK for the one timer. I know there was questions about saying, you know, he needed a left-handed shooting defenseman to feed because Strite was left-handed and Sure was left-handed and all these other players he was playing was left-handed. Markov's an incredible passer of the puck. He's definitely one of the best in the league in terms of defensemen setting up that one-timer. He could pass somebody that was left-handed or right-handed or ambidextrous and he'd still be, you know setting guys up and just laying it on the tape. And if you've seen some of the players' interviews since then, you know, they talk about all his crisp passes. Um, I think his time on ice has slowly been increasing game to game. I know he did play back-to-backs for the first time last weekend. I think we're seeing good stuff. I'm I'm a little nervous to see if he's going to play in the World Championships. It kind of scares me that he might go over there and hurt himself. But uh, I can't see yeah. that happening. But then again, on the positive thing, though, it's going to be a really good test for the next season, right? Montreal is really going to know if he's able to play the rest of this season and, you know, eight or 12 games at a, you know, at a little bit higher level. I know those are all, those are mostly all guys knocked out of the playoffs, but, you know, those are guys that are kind of amped up for the end of the season, some of them, and some of them are just going to miss the playoffs by, you know, the skin of their teeth. So it could be a good test for his knee. What do you think, Norm, on uh, Markov's return so far? Yeah, I've been pleasantly uh, surprised that uh, that he came back. I had it in the back of my mind that they, the Habs were going to, even if he was ready, I had the feeling the Habs were just going to let him uh, sit out the rest of the season. So I'm, I'm kind of, I was. That's the surprise part. Um, he's he's been adjusting well enough. I mean, he's he's making some of the pla- the plays like Jonathan was saying that that he's definitely capable of doing, and they've been so welcome uh, seeing him on on the power play, of course, too. It's uh, but. You know, there are times too when you see his timing is still a little bit off. There's been some defensive gaps here and there, um, yeah, but it's just rust, in my opinion. I, I know he's going to come out of it and and be in great shape for uh, for for next season. But yeah, I'm worried too when it comes to uh, this World Championship coming up, especially if the Russian team goes far. It's, uh, so it's hard to say. We'll we'll see what happens if uh, the Habs will allow him to go. I don't think they've ever denied anybody from going before uh, to the World Championships. I can't think of any anyway. Tough to deny a player from playing for his country, right? Like, how do you do that? Right. Oh, it happens all the time, though. You know it does. Not in the public, though. Maybe, maybe no, like and, quietly. Oh, like, quiet, you know I mean? Well, yeah, they don't. They won't obviously say it in public, but I'm, I'm sure it happens all the time, especially with older players that are just coming off injury. I, I, the, the Habs would be crazy if they didn't kind of put pressure on him not to play. I mean, how much did we invest in him? God, I don't even know what his contract is, but uh, it's way up there. Five point seven five million. I mean, and he's barely played, so. It'd be nuts to let him play. Anyway, that's my opinion. I mean, I, I would—I don't even know if I could watch him play in the World Championships. But it—it uh, it really, it, I got to tell you, it's a, just seeing him return. You kind of forget how good he is. Like, cause it, 
like you say, it's been almost two years since he's played. But yeah, and he's not even that good. Like and and, and that like my uh, my housemate Matt just um, he just became like a Habs fan about three years ago. He never really watched hockey much before, but started to watch hockey after he started to spend more time with me. And you know, I can just pass the love along. Kind of, I do it through us. He kind of learned through osmosis. But he's never even really seen Markov play in the last three years. He's seen him play like what, like fifteen games. Yeah. So he's kind of like getting the first little you know permanent glimpse of him. I hope. And he's uh, he's impressed already. So let's hope we can you know continue to get better and see get his timing back because he you know legitimately can be like a fifty five point defenseman that can also play twenty six minutes a game, twenty five minutes a game. So those guys are worth every penny. You know if he plays all eighty two or if he plays seventy games next year, he's worth all his contract and more. Oh, for sure. I mean, he is. He's, he'd be a bargain if he could play up to his potential. But I'm just saying that. At the, he got really got to make sure that he's healthy for next year because uh, I'm sure he would have made a huge difference this year. Now, it might not have been enough to get us in the playoffs, but he would have been the, a few points extra in the standing, I'm sure, just because you know a, a few less errors on defense, few how many close games did Montreal lose? So I mean, he uh, and plus the power play, which was terrible pretty much all year. You know, he's got to be good for. An extra five goals or ten goals in the power play. So that's where I think he makes the biggest difference. Like not even on the defensive mistakes; those are still going to happen, and he still makes defensive mistakes at times. But yeah, the power play would have been, you know, being thirtieth in the league. You know, for the first fifty, sixty games, there's no way they would have been anywhere near there. They've never had a power play anywhere outside of the top ten. I don't think with a healthy Andre Markov, he just makes it that good. So yeah, exactly. Right. What kind of difference would that make in the standings if he was? Well, that'd probably be twenty more power play goals. So on right. the season. And- and then there's the times when uh, the Habs have had leads uh, late in a game, and uh, you know you, you know that Markov would be out there playing in those clutch situations and, and and being a solid contributor then, rather than you know the replacements that have uh, gone through the roster, <laughs> or that's what, or relying that's what we, on Subban, uh, you know, basically a second year defenseman to be your your workhorse. Especially. Exactly, and that's where I think we can yeah. look to, you know, Pierre Gauthier. You know, obviously he didn't he didn't put the right troops in, in my opinion, to obviously help carry this team. If you look at other teams, you know, look at the Flyers. Chris Pronger goes down, they don't miss a beat. Kimo Timonen steps up. Um, you know, they always just have guys step up. Good, great teams are never get hampered by one or two injuries. You know, it's never going to hurt them. Look at the Bruins. Lost Mark Savard, Krejci, and Bergeron step up and carry the load. Like it just doesn't matter with great teams. Great teams get it done. And, you know, with Andre Markov, sure, the Habs are a much better team. They're probably a very good team instead of a, you know, a terrible team. Um, but, you know, they need that one extra guy. And whether P.K. Subban can be even better next year might be that extra guy. But you know, it's, it, this, all com- this all just reflects terribly on Goche. With the way the Habs season's gone with a couple of injuries, it just means they weren't deep enough or good enough to start the season. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, maybe we can talk uh what is there five games left we can talk about uh how the Habs are going to finish the season and uh you know, maybe where they're going to finish in the standings what kind of uh draft pick they're going to get and maybe some of the moves they should make in the off season because uh, uh most of the fans now are cheering for every loss is a lose to win or win to lose kind of thing right so uh Seems the the draft sweepstakes are on right now with the with the Islanders and in Columbus. So, uh, 
maybe uh, maybe I'll start with you, Norm, because you wrote an article. I think it was on the website today about about uh, Gomez in the off season. I and saw that your move, Gomez, or something like that. Yes, yes, Mister Gomez. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll talk about uh, what we should do with Gomez in the off season because because uh, that was a big rumor about uh, about him being bought out, but. You kind of threw a little bit of water on that rumor. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just a realization I had as as things have been going on lately. This uh, I just had to put it to to print, I guess. But um, yeah, it, it's all going to depend on on uh, Mr. Gomez, I guess, at this point, whether he if he comes back before the end of the season, there's some options. If he doesn't, then really there are no options. I mean, uh, the Habs will have to have him in the in on the roster at least now whether he's in the lineup of course that's going to depend on whether they they decide to make a move to say uh, send him down to the minors so oh, well what the other thing too is I mean, with gomez's concussion if this is a long-term concussion a la marks of art he just disappears entirely just like that he goes on the super long-term injury reserve and Montreal gets all the cap relief from gomez as well so who knows how bad his concussion is or if they're just holding him out so he can just get out of here and not have to worry about playing any more games for the Habs. Who knows? But Yeah. Uh, a couple of points there because the, uh, you know, buying him out or, or I don't know if, like you see, Norm, in your article, I don't know if that's a real option, buying him out, because there, there is a lot of repercussions, especially with a guy making seven point whatever million per year. That's still a lot that, they had to divide the, I guess the cap hit in half or twice the length or something like that. So that's still a big, big chunk of money if we buy him out. So that doesn't really seem to be an option. And if he's hurt at the end of the year, that uh, I don't think you can buy him out. So uh, do you think the Habs would have it in them to send him in the minors like they did uh, the Rangers did to Wade Redden? Or as that's, that's kind of a bold move, but it's probably something that would would help the team in the long run. Yeah, that's the thing. It's uh, it it would be nice to see in one way, but then when I was looking at the the figures, it just didn't seem as attractive as I thought it was, and, and that's why I, another reason I thought I'd better put this all together as a, as an article to share with everyone. But um, there's also been now one thing I didn't put in the article below because it's all rumor at this point. There's been some talk that the uh, the owners slash and GMs or the management side, let's put it that way. Um, are going to want to negotiate something with the uh, the players in the off season for for the uh, the new CBA to have some type of amnesty period when it comes to uh, to buyouts. So I'm interpreting that as meaning like a one time only thing to start off the new CBA, where maybe teams can, uh, would be allowed to do say one buyout, which has no cap implications but the player gets their full money and maybe they get it all up front or maybe they get over 20 years i don't know uh, everybody wants their mulligan eh? yeah exactly. my bad I, I screwed up on that contract that yeah my bad. <laughs> yeah imagine if glenn sather couldn't have trade imagine if glenn sather couldn't have traded gomez and chris Drury wouldn't have retired imagine how many buyouts glenn sather would have wanted yeah, not to mention wade redden there too <laughs> yeah exactly or, uh, yeah, yeah. back to your or, back to your all right back to your earlier yeah. question there uh, Mike, uh, about whether the Habs would have the, you know, the gumption to put Scott Gomez in the minors, and the simple answer to that is, if, if they want to win, yes, 
if uh, they don't know. Because that, that's basically the way it boils down to. If they can't buy up Gomez or trade him and they won't put him in the minors, this is a franchise that just does not want to win. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been, I wouldn't say a Gomez fan, but I've been kind of a defender of him, saying, you know, because up until this year, you know, he, maybe he wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't obviously living up to his contract, but at least he was trying hard and he, he was doing some things defensively and he was getting some points at least. But now, this year, I know he's been hurt, but he's been just dreadful. I mean, not scoring for a year and he, he can't even score now, like getting assists. So it's just, it's a complete waste of like a huge chunk of the cap, $7 million. And if, if, like, if they can't put him in the minors, man, it's a, it's, it's, it's a huge uh, albatross across the, around the team's neck, I think. That's for sure. And with this year, though, the one thing is that you can that Goche can say at least is that he never even spent to the cap. It's not like they were up against the cap and had Gomez and couldn't acquire anybody else. The cap, I don't think the Habs were ever at the cap at any point this year, were they? Uh, I don't think so, but uh, they're pretty close. They're less than two million dollars. I mean, one and a half million space, I think. Yeah, if you if you don't include the long term injuries, I, I think you're right. Like to say, start at the season if everybody was healthy. Uh, I believe they were pretty close to uh, the cap within like a million or so. Yeah. So okay. so maybe uh, maybe we should talk about uh, uh, maybe some of the other moves that they could make in the off season because there's a there's a couple of big decisions coming up. I mean, you got uh, some restricted free agents like Carey Price. Obviously, is going to be the big one that everyone's going to be. Uh, well, I guess he's he's a uh, yeah he's a restricted free agent this year, so. He's going to be the big one everyone's going to be talking about, but uh, there's a few others that they have to either sign or get rid of. Like, uh, let me throw a couple out here. Like, well, Moen's unrestricted. And Matthew Darsh, another one unrestricted. Hometown boy. Matthew Darsh, good heart and soul guy. I hope he's not back. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, no offense to the guy or anything, but for a lunch pail type guy that's his age, I don't want to see him making any more than league minimum. And frankly, he's just a little bit too old. I'd much rather have a younger guy that brings a little bit more one offensive ability. You know, I'm not asking for, you know, a guy that can score even 30 points, you know, somebody with just a little bit more offensive flair or somebody that's going to, that's going to fight and stick up for his teammates, throw a couple more body checks. Sure. Darsh Darsh drives the net hard and he'll help you on the power play or the penalty kill. Um, But I don't want to see that guy back. Sorry. Yeah, I've got some mi- mi- I've got some mixed feelings when it comes to Darsh. I mean, for the first uh, few months of the season, uh, I thought he was completely dreadful, like Gomez esque. Mm-hmm. But uh, but at this around the start of the season, I think he started to play much better, and and I don't know why. I can't attribute it to anything. Maybe he realized he's in the last year of his contract. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I'm not that enamored with him. I, I think uh, I think they can easily afford to let him go. I I kind of like some of the the bottom. Uh, players they have right now with like your Blundins and Stobbits and White and and that sort of list and maybe even leave something open for a, a rookie coming in to, to snag a spot. And, yeah. Uh, I, I just don't see his usefulness anymore. Yeah, I think for uh, sure. I, I think yeah, I think most of the fans are the same. Hey, he, there's plenty of guys who can do his job, so uh maybe would there's a few restricted free agents. I'll just throw out a couple and maybe you can talk about uh, some of them you think they might actually bring back. Uh, Lars Eller, I mean, to me, he's he's got to come back. But uh, on defense, we have uh, we have Emmeline Diaz, 
and Subban, obviously, who's a they're all restricted free agents. Out of those three guys, uh, I mean, we have Subban that's got to be signed, but maybe Diaz, Emelin, what do you think they're going to do with those two guys? Go ahead, Norm. Oh, okay. Well, I, I really like Emelin. I mean, yeah, he still makes uh, some defensive gaffes uh, here and there. I noticed one tonight that was a little bit ugly, but he's he's also learning a new partner with Markov, and, and I, I think they're overall they're adjusting pretty well, and, and defensive style is like something they need in the lineup. Um, he He's definitely going to be back. Diaz, I like Diaz as well. It's um, That's a tougher call, though, now. It's, uh... <laughs> I was a big, I was a huge fan of Diaz. You know, he started the season so well, but he's kind of faded from memory, eh, with this injury, and it just seems like it seems like he's surplus to to requirements now. So, yeah, and and uh, yeah, I'd rather see him back though than Weber. But Weber's uh, is signed for next season, so it's not yeah. really an, an option there. But uh, well, Saint Denis is another guy too, who's an RFA. So uh, and he's played pretty decently. <laughs> yeah, I mean we have. Markov, uh, well, Subban's going to be signed, and we have uh, Josh Georges sure. and Thomas Caberlet still got two more years, and Weber. So that's that's plenty of defensemen. So, and if you have Emelin come back, Diaz and St. Denis, not a lot of space for them. Well, yeah, I think what you're going to see, guys, is you're going to see, um, I, I believe, is you're going to see two of, or one for sure, of Diaz. Um, Weber and or Caverly moves. I, 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 I kind of think it'll be two. I think that um, Goche is obviously, if he's still the general manager, who knows, um, he's obviously looking for size and strength, right? You definitely can't have forwards with size and strength and then have a defense with Diaz, Weber, and Caverly. It's just way too soft. And uh, Montreal needs a serious upgrade in terms of strength and physicality. Um, you can obviously have uh, P.K. Subban and George's uh, and Markov and an Emelin, but you need a number five guy there who can clear the net, who can you know stick up for his teammates, and who can defend Carey Price. It can't be um, Caberlet and Weber or Caberlet and Diaz in the 5-6 hole, because if it is, Montreal will not make the playoffs again next year. Well, uh, I heard an interesting rumor which might solve that uh, that situation. What do you think if the Habs and, and Leafs were to make a deal where Cap would go to Toronto and Commissaric would come back to Montreal? Oh, don't no even start. No chance in hell, Norm. Don't even start, <laughs> No chance in hell. I do not want well, that. Stop this. It would, it would address the size and toughness issue in the you know, no, five, six spot. <laughs> no, Mike Commissaric has been absolute garbage since Lucic tore, tore his shoulder out a couple of years ago in Montreal. He's been trash for the Leafs. I wouldn't put him on the Bulldogs. He can't even he can't even get a game with the Leafs. I mean, he's been sad more than he's been playing. Oh, yeah, no. that's I, I, I know you were just kidding around there, Norm. But yeah, I am. I, that was completely tongue in cheek. But uh, I assume you guys saw the the, the last encounter they had, Lucic and uh, Commissary. Yeah, yeah, Commissary. Yeah. He Thomas held, Eric, held on for dear life. <laughs> he held on for dear life there. Yeah. But but uh, I do I, I agree with Jonathan. It looks like uh, they need to move at least a couple bodies. I mean, Campoli's kind of a foregone conclusion. He's not coming back. No. If oh, they could she's move, better move not. Somebody, yeah. If they can move somebody else, then we go from nine bodies to seven, and that that would be all right with me. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's one more topic I want to get to before we leave, and that's uh, the new kind of tough persona that the team's put on since they've required a couple of tough guys here and uh that's i've seen some people well tweeting about it and maybe putting it in their articles about 
the record since uh, Brad Stobitz has been in the lineup and Ryan Blake come back. That I don't know how many games in a row now we've had with fights, but uh, it seems like a lot of people are coming around to the attitude that oh, this is what the has are missing. That uh, we need tough guys, and that's a uh, that's the you know the personality that the Habs have never had. And I mean, there's a fella on uh, Auntie Sham there right now, PJ Stock, who was a uh, would completely agree with that but uh i mean i'm uh i'm probably in the minority but i'm not a big fan of the, the of fighting in general so it's it's nice once in a while but that was not what was missing from the Habs this year of uh, course not when brad stobitz came back andre markov also came back too or came into the lineup like let's not uh let's not get too crazy or brad stobitz does not make you a winner if the choice is up to me between like Brad Stobitz or Matthew Darsh, I'd pick, I'd pick Brad Stobitz. But yes. the optional choice would be none. I would choose none of those guys. I'd rather have a guy that could play 12 minutes a game and drop the gloves half as much as Stobitz. You know, I, I'd even take a guy that got beaten up as much as Kostopoulos back over a guy like <laughs> over Stobitz. You know, yeah. To me, it doesn't really matter if you fight or win a fight. I love Ryan White. That kid's awesome, plays hard. Um, you know, sticks up for his teammates, and he's a little bit uh, better. Like, I, he's a lot better than Stoppets, in my opinion, and he's younger too, I believe. Yeah, he is younger. I mean, he, he, he's got a couple of tools. Doesn't score a lot of points, but at least he he can skate. You know, he's at least he looks like a hockey player right there. But yeah, I'm not, like, like I say, I'm not a big fan of fighting, and I kind of turn my head, especially when I see someone like Josh Georges drop the gloves with a giant. So. But <laughs> I just uh, it's just something that I've heard people talking about, like, oh, that's what the Habs were missing now. They're a tough team, and they won't get pushed around. But, I mean, that's all bullshit. In, in the end, I mean, you got to score. I mean, how many how many players have had good seasons scoring goals this year? So that's, that's the problem the Habs have. They don't have anybody past the first line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely not the solution to, to their place in the standings. It does add a little excitement. I, I'll watch them. I definitely uh, enjoy that. But, um, yeah, like like you were saying, if, if Stobitz takes the place of a guy like Darsh, I'm, I'm fine with that. If he takes the place of a guy like uh, Louis Blount, well, or Aaron uh, or, or uh, some of the other guys, yeah, it's tough. It's tougher to, to justify it, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, Mike, and I know you don't like fighting, but how much would you like to have a guy like uh, Sean Thornton on your team? You know what I mean? The guy that can play 12, uh, 14 minutes a game. Give, give me someone other than uh, Okay, what about Chris Neal? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Chris Neal I'd take, yeah, for sure. Okay, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? The guys like that, I would I would love to have a Chris Neal. I would love to have a Sean Thornton. I hate those guys. Like I hate seeing Montreal play against them and those guys stir up shit, but it'd be just awesome to have a player like that, like amazing I still don't understand how Sean Thornton can be an NHL player because the guy he, he can't skate at all. Like I think my my daughter is a better skater than him. It just seems like he's he's always on the verge of falling over. Yet uh, yet he can scrap with the best of them. Just, His balance is terrible, but he's a pretty good player though, Mike. Yeah, he, you know he played a lot. He well, played uh, yeah, a good amount in the playoffs for the Bruins, and he could play ten, twelve minutes a game sometimes. You know, when they need some energy, you put them in the offensive zone, and he really could keep the puck hemmed in pretty good there. Well, he he is. I mean, he's not a he's not a no brainer out there. He does put up some points. It just it just looks like he can't skate. Like he looks For like sure. looks like some guy. Like uh, reminds me of like Happy Gilmore or something. You know, he skates like <laughs> Dale Howarchuk. Like he only started to learn how to skate when he was about fifteen years old or something. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that's another topic. Uh, well, I, I've, uh, Actually, speaking of Chris Neal, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You guys know that he's never been suspended. Wow. 
Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool, eh? No. Yeah. That's, jeez, uh, that, that's incredible, actually. <laughs> no suspensions ever. Well, I guess he's doing something right then. There you go. Well, uh, that's pretty much everything I had. Uh, and any uh, final thoughts before we, we call it a night here for boys? I'll just say fail for Mikhail. Mikhail? <laughs> it's fail for Mikhail now, is it? I think I'm. I think I Gregorinko or Galchenyuk. I, I really want one of those two centers, um, but I do have this one really bad feeling, and that is that I think I really think the Leafs are going to win the lottery. I'm not saying they're going to pick number one because I'm not saying they're going to be in the bottom five, but I, I'm a big believer in some type of conspiracy stuff. Winter Classic, they had you know a top pick or a top three pick. It's just going to add a little bit of excitement to that fire, that team that you know has made the playoffs and seen a playoff game in HD. If they could at least have a young superstar, that might excite them. Yeah, I think uh, ever since uh, Nails, I don't know, is he back playing now? Because I know he got hurt there with a headshot. And Yakupov and Galchenyuk are both playing for the Sting. Yes. Okay, he's back. I just because uh, I was joking around with someone just today about. Uh, the Habs will probably get either win it or second pick, and we'll get Yakupov, and he'll end up having a career concussion problems and end up retiring at like twenty years old or something. Which player hasn't had a concussion these days? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Any final thoughts there, Norm? Uh, no, I'm I'm on, I'm definitely on that bandwagon though with Jonathan. I'd like to see uh, as much as I'm trying to root for the team. I'm also quite pleased though uh, when they do lose or they only take a point like tonight. <laughs> Yeah, everyone will be looking forward to that draft lottery. That's the that's the next highlight of the season. I'm yeah. so excited for that. <laughs> so excited. Well, I guess uh, maybe the next time we talk, we'll either be right before that, uh, kind of doing our obituary in the season, looking forward to that uh, that draft lottery. So until until then, boys, uh, we'll uh, we'll speak again. Sounds good. Have a good night, gentlemen. All right. See you later. Good night, guys. If there's a goal